Hello and welcome to our first episode. This is Cinema Post Bunch, CPB, and we'll be starting our first episode, Stars Are Born. All right, everyone, we're going to go around in the circle, quick introductions. I want everyone to answer their name, their major, and why USC slash SCA, starting with Luke. Hello, uh, my name is Luke Harris. Um, I major in the film and television production at USC in the School of Cinematic Arts. Um, the reason why I chose USC is because um, I always just wanted to tell stories and um, share what I have to the world. Um, and I think USC gives me the tools and knowledge that I need to share my stories in a successful way. Now to Christian, also known as T. Because, you know, name Christian T is, you naturally get that letter from it, T. Anyways, I'm Christian. My major is Cinema and Media Studies, which is producing side of SCA. And I came to USC because I figure filmmaking is already a Hail Mary industry. I might as well go, go for broke on that. <laughs> figure, you know what, it's going to might as I'm going to be wasting some time doing film, filmmaking anyway. Might as well waste it at the best school possible. All right, now to Hunter. Yeah, hello. I'm uh, Hunter Finolio, and my major is film and television production. Yeah, Finoglio or Fingolio, whatever you want to say. <laughs> and um, why USC and SCA? Okay, so I mean, USC, phenomenal school um, in all around areas, not just in SCA, but also um, why SCA for me? So ever since I was young, uh, my dad would love to tell me and my brother stories and um, about like the new Star Wars that were gonna come out, which never did up until like lately. And I think I really got that storytelling from my dad. And uh, I've always loved holding a camera in family videos and stuff and home videos. So yeah, that's where I got my uh, filmmaking from and storytelling, my dad. Out to Theo. <coughs> my name is Theo Devis. I am a uh, film and television production major at the USC School of Cinematic Arts. Um, I chose USC because uh, I got waitlisted at the Ivies, um, <laughs> you know, and uh, you know, I, I guess USC was like close second. So um, seriously, yeah, it's though, a, it's, a cl it's a close second for the number one film school. Huh? I, I'm just I'm just kidding. Yeah. USC was my <laughs> safety school, guys. Um, just just kidding, obviously. Just kidding. Just kidding, yeah. Uh, I almost got into UCLA, guys, but it's okay. Um, Waitlisted at NYU, so that's I guess that's why I'm here. Um, <laughs> just kidding. USC's awesome. I love it. I uh, chose to come to USC because uh, there's obviously like undeniable opportunities in film. All the free screenings and access to the industry that I get here is so unprecedented in terms of other schools and even if I don't end up doing something with film it gives me access to like a great institution as well so I get a solid background in general education and stuff in case I want to take my life in a different direction. Um, my passion for film started uh, actually from photography where I would uh, just love uh, I'm from Minnesota, and so I would go, go out in nature a lot, go, go up north to the lakes, you know, oh, yeah. and uh, just walk around taking pictures. I love that. And it, it was just a sort of natural progression for me because photography, 
I love story too, and film just was like the perfect outlet for me to express myself between those two mediums. And uh, I guess that's why I'm here. I'm Navarro Peck, I'm a business major. I actually want to be a film composer, so I chose USC because of um, the fact that it has Thornton, which is one of the best music schools in the country, as well as SCA, one of the best film schools in the country. Um, and I really like the environment here, and the more time I spend here, I love the people in the classes here, and I can't wait to spend, uh, what, four more years? So just a quick kind of personal question so we can understand all of you. Um, we're going to ask everyone to answer what is their favorite film, cinematographer, producer, or director, and why? And did any of those influence your application film? If so, how? If not, who did? Or maybe you didn't have any influences and you can talk about why you didn't. Uh, starting with Luke. Well, I'll say my favorite film is Gone Girl. Um, the way the story structure is told um, is not, and the way they reveal um, certain information at, at given points um, really brought a lot of interest in the film. Um, I'll say my favorite director currently is Ryan Coogler. Um, just especially uh, being an African-American filmmaker is very inspirational. Um, and coming from SCA, too. So. Yeah, it was incredible. Um, all right, so um, well, I, th I think I'm expecting this question on the 190 in essay now for midterm. <laughs> That's the kind of question I'm expecting for 190. <laughs> um, so let's go with, let's do the bullet points. Favorite movie, Jurassic Park, cinematographer, Seamus McGarvey, director, Martin Scorsese, and influences, I used to say Ben Affleck, mostly on a professional level. Personally, it's kind of iffy, but professionally, it's like he got the actor, screenwriter, producer, and director. He's got, like, all four. But, like, now another person I'm really looking up to is Kumail Nanjani. He's the writer and actor behind The Big Sick, and it's just, like, first of all, he's just a wholesome person. I love him. He's just, he's just an adorable little teddy bear. And second of all, like, it's just he's a very inspiring, passionate figure for representation of Asians within media, which is a, it's an, it's just nice to have that representation both in front of and behind the camera, which is an aspect that gets underrated when it comes to making it in this film industry. It's not just a matter of what you're selling, it's a matter of who's selling it. So it's just, that's just something that's really inspiring. And that's what I'm trying to go to both on a personal level and like professional career level. Finaglio's turn. <laughs> All right, so um, favorite film. I'm one of those kids that says that you can't have a favorite film because there's so many genres, different types of movies, um, and I love all different types of movies, but honestly, one yeah, one of those people. <laughs> but um, if I had to say, I'd say Inception uh, because my favorite director is Christopher Nolan. And favorite cinematographer, I mean, Roger Deakins. I mean, you have to. I mean, he's a great, great uh, cinematographer. He's default number one. Yeah. Anyone else is just number two. <laughs> exactly, right. <laughs> and um, honestly, I don't think there's any reasoning behind why Roger Deakins is my favorite cinematographer and Christopher Nolan is my favorite director. You know, I mean, just two uh, great people in the industry. And honestly, I think they're doing a lot for it. And I hope to 
do something like that one day. You know, I'm not sure what I want to do directing or DPing, but I'll figure it out along the way. So. <clears throat> uh, I have to say I, I like your pick for Roger Deakins, you know, Fargo, Minnesota, oh, you yeah. know, <laughs> what can I say? Yeah. Um, uh, uh, yeah, we watched that for class. Good movie. I love that movie. Um, reminded me of home, uh, especially the uh, wood chipper part. Um, uh, my uh, my uh, favorite my favorite director uh, is probably well I don't know if I have one um, big Wes Anderson fan, uh, big Spike Lee fan. Um, do the right thing is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, uh, Grand Budapest Hotel is up there, you know. Um, I'd say those are probably like top two for me. Um, big Ryan Coogler fan. I appreciate you bringing him up, but uh, I'm gonna talk like a little bit about. No, no one else wanted to touch on their visual samples, so I'll, I'll talk about mine a little bit. Um, my visual sample is really bad, um, and so my message. I, I want to get out there is that you don't have to have like a lot of experience as a filmmaker to get into USC or SCA. Just show like a passion, show that you have an ability to tell a story, and uh, somebody will see that in your application. And uh, yeah, so don't be afraid to apply to USC if you have a passion for film and uh, maybe don't have that experience that other people do because I literally acted and directed and I literally did everything for my film because I had no one to work with and uh, I it was literally shit. Um, well, I haven't seen it yet. No, 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 no one's going to see it because it's, because it's really bad. That's, that's how bad it is. Nobody's going to see it. But uh, it was really bad and... Uh, but trust me, okay, that, this is, that's not the point. The point is that I'm not an untalented filmmaker, guys. That's not the point. The point is, is that, that, yeah, it's just a side point, okay? <laughs> um, the point is, is that don't be afraid to, like, put yourself out there because USC is, like, a huge name, and it, sometimes it can feel really daunting. And I didn't think I was going to get in, but just show your passions, be yourself, and you definitely have a chance. You might have to make a point on that. Okay, so um, one thing that they told me when I came here after applying and stuff like that, they said that, I mean, by they, I mean the faculty, but also some students that I talked to, and they said that, you know, students think that they need to make the next big film, the next big short film uh, when applying to USC, and I think Theo hit home when you say that you don't have to make something great, you know, something like a, the next big story, just be able to show that you can tell a story. And not only that, but also the writing supplements that we had to do that actually was huge in our applications because people not, might not be able to um, make the best film, but they can definitely, through those writing supplements, tell a great story and uh, tell about you know different things in their lives that affected them. And um, an editing professor that I talked to, she said that that she uh, approved me for USC based off of one of my essays because it talked about personal experiences in my life and she said that she would love to see a film about that you know so that's one thing that got me um the reason i didn't talk about my visual sample is because i didn't submit one <laughs> i because i'm not in the production major I, the, I didn't have to do that and what i had to do instead was just like 
I wrote like an essay and then I wrote a script and that was my submission and that's just further proof that like you don't have to worry about like oh I don't have this many films on my resume or I haven't worked on any sets prior because like I'll be honest I haven't worked on sets before this all of mine was like prior experience like in performing was like in plays and like working on play sets and all that so I don't have any like technical film experience but I guess and like I figured like okay that's gonna put my nail in the coffin right there I'm not even walking in for the I'm not even walking in with the limp or anything I'm walking in without a legs <laughs> so it's um <laughs> I, I ain't limping I ain't limping and I'm crawling <laughs> so um scraping by yeah and um so that's just proof right there if someone like me can get in I think it's as long as you have the heart and you're head in the right place and you grab their attention people are going to want to at least they're going to at least want to notice for your first semester one more point i'll show up real quick um, um <laughs> yeah i know yeah, i'll get you okay so um really quick um one thing that everyone had in common uh not in just production but in sca in general everyone that thought they would get in didn't and everyone that thought that they wouldn't get in or was nervous did and that's, you know, everyone that I talked to said that they were nervous that they didn't get in. And nobody thought that they would. So that's important. Check you know. Goes. Yeah, be humble. Once you get here, they can give you a coffee and All very great and true points. Um, but let's not get it twisted. If it is, if you, if you can make a really good quality film, then do it, you know. Yeah. But uh, no, no, you don't. You don't at all. Um, uh, for me personally, um, where I found success is that you need to tell a story that's unique. Um, and that's in the visual sample and, and that's in the written script submitted. Um, talk about like your environment. Um, talk about something that makes you stand out out of thousands. Um, and you, you can relate it to high school, but um, I sometimes recommend not to. Um, unless it's like really unique experience in high school, uh, just so you can stand out more um, to these people who are reading thousands and thousands of applications, just so you can stand out from the crowd. So I think that's all you need to do. Find something unique about yourself and explore it, because that's all the film industry wants. We want unique stories talking about your environment, your family dynamic, something that's different, unique. Any of you like talk to faculty or like whoever was reviewing your application? Like, did they interview you at all? Yeah, yeah. I, I was no. not. You were not. Okay, because I wasn't. I don't. Did, did he, this guy just kind of called me? and was like, let's talk about your application, and I was like, okay. Okay. I gotcha. Yeah, I did not get that. Like, he just kind of called me and talked about my application. I've heard people that. Yeah, I was right. just wondering if you guys did or not. Um, yeah, I was. He showed up at my door with a suit and guns and be like, <laughs> "Get in the car." Um, I was actually, um, I was in like a Chapman group chat because I got into Chapman uh, for the film production. Um, so I was already like talking to some of the students who are who have also applied to uh, USC, um, and some people said that they got like phone calls. Some people didn't. So. I thought I wasn't going to get in just because I didn't get um, an interview or anything. Yeah. Were they salty and knew that you got in and were leaving the chat? Oh, it was it was yeah, it was a it was a very 
intense in <laughs> group chat <laughs> or just it well not intense wrong words but it was very interesting because like um people who you know who had like super high act scores who had like everything perfect they didn't get in and you know i walked into a mailbox didn't expect anything i opened up i see a big box i'm like what um I just think I just think it's kind of crazy um, that I got in. Yeah, do good in school, kids. If you show that you're creative, they'll overlook it. Yeah. I, I guarantee that. So we're gonna do quick opinions about *Star Is Born*. Keep in mind plot and its a uh, message about addiction or its focus of addiction. Starting with Hunter. Starting with me. Okay. So um, honestly, I thought that the film was great. Um, not only visually, but like I mean, Luke Luke kind of said um, the story has been done before. I mean, it's remake. It's a remake, obviously. But um, what? What do you? <laughs> um, but I really did. I did. I really did like the whole uh, uh, concept of it and how like you know I, I never saw the remakes before, so I thought it was a great film. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the remakes, but the plot itself, I thought it was really well done and. and Hitting the uh, the hardships of going through addiction, but also how it affects those around you, um, al alcohol and drugs. I mean, alcohol is a drug, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought it, I thought it did a phenomenal job uh, going over addiction and how it can hurt yourself and those around you, and uh, not only you but your career as well. Um, Bradley Cooper uh, did a phenomenal job. Uh, acting and so did Lady Gaga and and their performances in the whole uh, going through the hardships of addiction. All right, so this is gonna, this next part is going to be like the two opposite ends of the spectrum right now cuz I absolutely loved it. I it's my top movie of the year so far. It's I don't think I don't think there's a lot like I can't foresee things beating it for me personally and like it's just um you have that aspect of like it's a very familiar story, the idea of a young, a young new person being discovered by an older veteran and the veteran training her. Like that's a very standard formula. Creed has that formula. Like, uh, um, like um, I'm trying to think of something else. I'm suddenly blanking. Anyway, but like that's a very similar trope we've seen before. But you take that context of first of all, it's the fourth version of one movie, so that automatically is kind of like you can't really judge it for being something similar. And then you have the fact that when you have something that's a very familiar story, you have to supplement it by being a unique take on that story. And I think it does that very well because it doesn't focus so much so on like the rise of the Lady Gaga character, Ali. It's not as focused on that. It's focused much more on their relationship and specifically on how he's handling their relationship. And it's very interesting to tell like there are moments, like it's, Part of it's Bradley Cooper's amazing performance. Like it's his career best. It's like, it is in like best of the decade conversation for me. Like it, it like it feels like Joaquin Phoenix and like The Master or like, or like equal parts Leonardo DiCaprio and The Wolf of Wall Street. It's just like there are moments of where it's like so self-destructive and angry at the world that where it's like that you see that as the fuel. But then there are parts where you see, and that's where the alcoholism sets in, and that it's like he's someone that sees himself spiraling down. But then you see the part where, like, when he's with Ali or when he's playing music, his songs, like, that's like the moment you see, like, he no longer he becomes immortal, 
I guess is a word to say. And I'll I'll end my take there. Back to Luke. My opinion on Star is Born. I thought um, everything about it was well done, very well. All the acting was on another level. Um, the chemistry that Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper had were spectacular. Um, I thought the, the especially the lighting in the film was really really good. Um, I think, and also the 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 song and the performance, um, especially when I thought the music uh, felt so emotional and real. Um, in her performance in the song, especially at, in the movie, um, it felt so, so good. I mean, so, like, it was really good. And I just think, I just think that, I just thought, um, I just thought the film was not in new territory. Um, it was a story that was told before um, I, th- I didn't think it was something that was you know something something new something we've never seen before I just thought it was just a really well done movie um, and I think I think it definitely is in the Oscar conversation I just can't put it like as winning the Oscar personally right now but I everything in the movie was was just done well it was it was really Fantastic. <clears throat> All right, so don't get me wrong. I'm sure this movie's gonna get a bunch of Oscar nominations for like music and Bradley Cooper and possibly even Lady Gaga, but I I don't know. I don't know because I think that there are better films that have pushed boundaries further this year that are probably gonna get overlooked, like. Sorry to Bother You, or First Reformed, which are two of my favorites of the year. Probably First Reformed is like one of the best films I've seen in years. Sorry to Bother You, that shit fucked me up. I'm sorry for the language. <laughs> but that, that, we'll bleep you out. We'll yeah. That, uh, that, that film was so crazy to me. And I knew going in it was going to be weird, and it was weirder than I thought it was going to be. It was one of the oddest experiences... I've had in a movie theater in a long time, and people need to talk about it. People need to talk about Boots Riley a little bit more. Um, but anyways, Star is Born. It's good. You'll like it. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know. Um, shit, I was going to say something else. I'm sorry for the cursing. Are we not supposed to curse? Are we trying to not? We'll be fine. You, you, you yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. See First Reformed. It's so good. <coughs> hey, Spencer, I've been here the whole time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, I really like Sorry to Bother You. Uh, yeah, well, I, I like that, too. It was, it was a great movie, and I think of, like, breakout directors, that was better because it's, it's more surprising. Like, Bradley Cooper's been in the industry this whole time, uh, whereas, you know, Boots Riley, he's been in the music industry, but... You know, it's his like first like introduction to the movie world as a whole, and I think that's a lot more impressive. Um, uh, but yes, uh, *Star Is Born* is also very good, uh, and I would see it for sure. Uh, I've not seen any of the I've not seen the original or any of the past remakes, um, but 
yeah, and as Luke said, I wouldn't say it's a, an original story. Um, you know, even if there it wasn't like a remake of a remake. Um, but it's a story done well. Uh, I think that you know there was a lot of subtlety in the way the story was told. Um, you know, it didn't spell everything out for you. It actually kind of took a bit of processing to like figure out um, you know Bradley Cooper's character's backstory, um, and then like you know realize like you know why he was having like the struggle with Lady Gaga and stuff, uh, kind of in like the subtle ways like of Lady Gaga changing her hair and that was like you know the major that was like the I think that was like a key thing of you know his of like how she changed and like how her hair changed back in the end. Um, yeah, it was uh, amazing acting. I think the lighting definitely stood out. Uh, where even when they're in like, um, you know, their home and stuff, it's kind of this concerty bar lighting where it's you know like one main color and like kind of dimly lit. Um, like they have this neon sign inside their house that's uh, this like stark red. So you know they're like sometimes in their house with only that illuminating them, uh, and it's like beautiful. Uh, I think like the depictions of you know drug abuse and alcoholism are were incredible, um, and you know I I haven't really performed or anything, but you got like the sense of what it's like to like be on stage and you know like feel that like energy. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, what you were saying about um, the 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 parts where we're on stage with them, it, it was really really good. One thing I do want to uh, ask you guys um, is really about to Lady Gaga, was she even to like end the film? Like, was she always controlled? Did someone always have control over her? Because, because you know, I'm just kind of curious what you guys think. I feel I feel like it's not so much control, but like more like guidance. She like sees someone that like. She knows that this is a relationship, and she can see this is a relationship that would be beneficial for her, and not like in a selfish way or anything. It's not like she's like gold digging or anything like that, but she just genuinely sees like, oh, this is a very healthy relationship for me to have, and so control is one way to use it. I would use like guidance as another, just because she acknowledges that these people have a position over her, but she knows that she can use them to help her get into an equal position with them. Uh. Yeah, like, we discussed this after the film, but I think that, yeah, there was, like, it was, like, throughout the movie, she wasn't really doing things entirely for herself. Um, I, You know, either someone was, like, kind of forcing her to do something, or she just wasn't doing the thing that, like, was really in her soul. Um, but I do think at the end... Uh, are we doing spoilers? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know, but okay. Spoiler alert right now for the ending of the movie. Um, yeah, skip over like the next minute or so. Uh, so after, yeah, after after Bradley Cooper's character kills himself, um, and she gives that performance of like the love song he wrote her. I think that was, you know, her giving a message she wanted to tell and the way she wanted to tell it. Uh, you know, she was back to her natural hair color. Uh, like she didn't have like backup dancers or like glammy lights or anything. It was just like her singing, giving this like message. And even though like he wrote the message, like it wasn't one of the songs she wrote. 
um, I think it was like, you know, because they had like such a shared connection, it was still her song and her message. Um, so yeah, I think at the end she wasn't being controlled or guided by anyone. It was just her. Yeah, and uh, fun fact: the that last final scene was filmed at the shrine across the street from USC, which was cool. But um, yeah, uh, that's why they had the premiere there, because there, it was a big auditorium and stuff, and that's that where they filmed it. They were shooting that scene though. That was that wasn't the premiere. They fooled us. Two weeks before it opens. No, but um, uh, kind of switching over to Bradley Cooper's character. Honestly, uh, switching over to Bradley Cooper's character, I really think that. Um, Throughout the film, I would say that, um, like Lady Gaga was kind of like the central. Yeah, sorry, folks, we had to uh, uh, switch locations uh, because somebody else rented the room after we did, like right after. So we had to uh, switch over to here. So okay, so as I was saying um, before or earlier. Um, uh, Bradley Cooper's character was really influenced by Lady Gaga and I mean obviously in their relationship but also uh, in their careers uh, Lady Gaga was going into this pop artist uh, realm where Bradley Cooper was staying where he was at in country and rock and kind of indie music and he really did not like where Lady Gaga was going and he almost felt like he was influencing her character on um, the music she was writing and he said you know dig deep and I thought that was really important because all these uh, pop songs coming out now are all about like like asses and like like twerking and shit and like they're just not good music not they're not telling a story like country does really well or even rock sometimes and um, yeah so that's all I gotta say about that um, yeah I think I'll go into some like criticisms about the movie uh, there were definitely scenes and sequences that seemed out of place. Um, the biggest one definitely being Dave Chappelle's um, little scene and sequence uh, where, uh, you know, spoilers for this section, it's like halfway through the movie. Um, you know, Bradley Cooper like goes on like a bender uh, and wakes up outside of, you know, an old friend's house who's played by Dave Chappelle Um and, you know, he's there, like, recovering, and Dave Chappelle has, like, this family. I think they used to be in a band together of some sort, or Dave Chappelle was in, like, the, you know, he was in the entertainment, like, music business at some point, um, but decided to, like, you know, get down and make a family. Then Lady Gaga's character, Allie, comes uh, to, like, bring Bradley Cooper back, take care of him, um, and they see, you know, this family having fun. Bradley Cooper decides to propose, and they... You know, get married right then and there, but it's like you know we're j we've just been introduced to like you know Dave Chappelle's character and his family, and they're already influencing like the two main characters so much, and then we don't even see them like at any other point during the movie. Um, and another similar one is the f fight Bradley Cooper has with his brother, kind of comes out of nowhere. Um, you know, it's like this little short thing that doesn't really seem to impact him that much, you know, losing his like brother and like manager, um, like who like raised him since he was like 13 and stuff. Um, it does, that does at least come back later. Um, but yeah, there were like moments that seemed separate from like the greater story, even though they influenced it. Um, I agree with, uh, the, the Dave Chappelle thing, but I thought his acting, um, was really great in that moment. 
Um, and I think that uh, I thought it was kind of uh, one thing I thought was kind of interesting was at the beginning of the film where Lady Gaga is performing at a drag bar. Um, you know, considering that like she thinks of herself as being different and not beautiful, um, so she felt like she had to go somewhere where she can fit in and perform. Um, I just have a question for all you guys. What do you think about her transition from performing at drag bar to um, basically immediately performing in a crowd of thousands? Um, did you guys feel that intensity that she felt um, for, you know, the, um, the pressure of being in front of that many people? Um, how you guys felt about that moment? I'd say it, it pulls it off really well. It's just, just like, first of all, Lady Gaga's performance. Like, as she's the the sequence he's talking about is when he put they play the um, I believe the shallow, which is like the go to song of that film. And there's a multitude of reasons it's pulled off. I think successfully because first of all, Lady Gaga's performance it shows that she's nervous and she's not sure about this all. It's kind of a funny moment where like the moment when you like first hear like the Gaga rising voice, she almost like panics. She goes like ah. And it's like a panic almost when she realizes she does it, and she immediately brings her voice back down because she's scared and she's not confident yet. Another thing that really helps it in making that performance seem more natural is the way that the cinematographer Matthew Libatique he shoots it, and like you, everyone like knows it's a use of off-screen space. Everyone knows it's a concert, and there's thousands upon thousands of people there, but he always shoots it so that it's just showing Gaga and it's just showing Cooper. So like as audience members, we feel that it's just those two singing to each other. And like that's the way that he's trying to make her feel, and so that's why that transition is pulled off very well. Uh, I would agree. I think that uh, the cinematography was very good. Um, I thought that you know the use of like the close-ups and a lot of close-ups and medium shots were able to represent like a really personal feel to the movie. Um, so I thought the cinematographer did a great job and was a nice touch. Yeah, and going off of uh, what Christian said, um, you can definitely see the transition from when Gaga's in the backstage. She got the backstage pass, and her friend's kind of edging her on to the stage, but she's uh, got that single shot in the um, cinematographer. He just uh, follows her all onto the stage, and then uh, from when she is the only one on camera, um, and he follows her on the stage. You see Bradley Cooper, and like you said, it's just those two on stage. You don't see the crowd. I mean, you can hear the crowd, but you can really see Gaga more on screen, but also Bradley Cooper's there, and yeah. So, you want to say anything? Um, I don't know. I kind of, I would kind of disagree with you, Christian. I think that, um, you know, like that first, like, I don't really know music, but, you know, she does like that, just like vocal, like, belt i think like she just like belts like you know she, she does this like cool like note transition thing i think that was i don't think there was any nervousness in that i think you know she was ner nervous as she was getting on stage but you know as soon as she got that mic in her hand and like you know she like you don't even like it's showing her not the crowd and it she it doesn't look like she even notices the crowd you know she's just like in her mind and then she, you know, gives off the, like this beautiful like note transition thing, you know. You've heard it if you if you've seen the trailer, um, 
and I think, you know, like all her nervousness was gone, you know, and she, it was just like this beautiful introduction, and she goes on to like sing the song perfectly. Let me interject here. Do you think uh, that the nervousness would like do you, uh, do you think that aspect of where she goes on to sing with uh, Bradley Cooper's character? Do you think that's supposed to be realistic, or is that supposed to be more like idealistic? Because uh, you know, for us, like uh, she does transition immediately from a small setting to a very large setting. Uh, do you think that the lack of nervousness shows that she is truly a confident person? Or maybe that they chose not to show nervousness to show her ideal version of how she's saying Um, I think the moment was fantasized for sure. Um, just because Bradley Cooper and his band, they like create this, you know, they create the whole song, like all the instrumentals. Um, you know, like Lady Gaga had like sung the song to him, but like somehow he, like he remembered all the words and like the notes perfectly and was able to create this whole song around it and they played together perfectly. Um, and I don't, I don't, you know, know much about music. I haven't written a song, but I feel like that's really tough to do. Just like trying to remember the exact notes, like someone using a song they sang to you last night when you were drunk. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I know. So like, I think, but I think it was like that aspect was fantasized that like he created the song for her and then they were able to pull it off together. Um, but I think, you know, I think if it was like, you know, they had, like, been practicing, like, alone before, and this was, like, her first time at a big concert or something, I think, like, I don't, I think she still wanted to have been nervous, or if, like, she had gone up and, like, even, like, sung her, like, French song or, like, another song she knew, I think, I think she was, like, confident in herself because of Bradley Cooper, like, helping her out, um, but yeah, the whole actual song was pretty fantasized. Um, I agree. I think the movie... Um, as a whole, I think it's kind of interesting how we never really see anyone else's perspective outside of the main group. So we never see like the news, we never see the media, we we never see the crowd, the audience members. We only see what's going on on stage. We're always in this bubble of Bradley, Lady Gaga, the dad. We never see the the paparazzi. You only see who's who's in the, the bubble. Um, and I thought that was a very interesting take because normally we will see um, after Bradley Cooper, you know, peeing on stage, you'll see news media talking about it, her, like, probably a newspaper saying, like, oh, embarrassment and whatnot. But we just see, like, them talking about Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, and we just see, like, everyone's reaction of it. And we're... Um, in the group, in the main group. So I thought that was a very um, interesting take from the direction point of view and the cinematographer that we always, and even at the, the last big final uh, Lady Gaga song, we, we stayed with her on stage. We never go and see the audience members, really. We just stay with her right beside her the whole movie. And I thought that made the film more powerful and, and in its message. I think you touched upon uh, the question I want to ask at the, at the end there, but uh, why, do you, why do you think that they chose to do a bubble? Why didn't they have sequences like a newspaper showing Bradley Cooper's character's death? Why, do, why did you think that they stuck with just the main group? Well, I think a lot of shots, especially the, I thought one of the most, weirdly the most powerful shot in the, in the film was when they're leaving the their RV shot and 
we just see the those two that they're they're always together and the story is just focused about Bradley I mean um, um, Bradley Cooper's character and Lady Jack um, and Allie uh, character in the film they're just focused on those two um, it's really just a, a love story and I guess like in in love it's really just about you two um, you know we never we never we don't need to see the media we we just need to see about the, those two and where they are. Oh, let me just uh, yeah, conclude. And there you go. Yeah. Um, and just to just to conclude, I think that um, a star is born. It's just a focus on those two, and their uh, and her rise to to stardom, um, and how and really about the relationship, not about. Um, you know, there is other things you have to do with the producer and whatnot, but it's really about where those two are and, and their mindset. Yeah, I would agree. And I think the direction and the cinematography worked really well to sort of, like, create that personal feel. And I think it made the film, like, a much more powerful representation of people and not necessarily events. And my final thought um, about the whole message and... Luke saying that it is about their relationship and it's so true and it also about the separation of their relationship when uh, there was a very cinematic shot when Bradley's looking at Lady Gaga rehearse and then you just get a reflection in the background of these uh, sh of, the, of their shadows and that's almost like w what Lady Gaga was to him at that moment uh, just a shadow you know um, he was struggling with addiction he said some terrible things to Lady Gaga called her ugly and that's kind of what it showed um, at that moment. They they were they didn't really have a relationship, you know. They were just um, two different people at that time, and Bradley really had to step up and apologize. So, yeah, I'd say my final thoughts are, yeah, this is definitely a love story more than anything else. It's not really about like you know the entertainment industry. It's more about just the story between these two characters. All right. So my final thoughts is. I loved it. This is extremely my kind of movie. It's very personality-driven. It's got big spectacle sequences along with humanistic tiny moments, and it's just it, it, hit, it hit all the right marks for me. And like every single aspect of like the, the screenplay and the acting and the directing, the lighting, it's, it's all like good to great. Like there's no part of it I would say is actively bad. So that's my thing about it, and it just it hits all the marks. That concludes episode one, Stars Are Born. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time.